Today on Verity Talk, we are going to talk about how people are taking emotional support animals too far. A woman claims there are six genders and a pastor in D.C. uses his coronavirus relief funds to buy 39 cars and a house. This is Jordan Reese with Verity Talk. Alrighty, welcome to Verity Talk, and here are the three interesting things of the day. Number one, last Saturday was the UFC 261, and it was good. Like every fight, I almost every fight, but it was just a good, good lineup and everything. But if you watched it, the main memorable thing that happened was the fight between Uriah and Weidman. And it is memorable for one reason. And that reason was Weidman kicked Uriah and little did he know that when he would kick him that he would break his leg in half. Yeah. Right when that happened and all the people I was with saw that, we jumped out of our seats. We're like, what the... Uh, and this is something that happens rarely because the last time that happened was in 2013. And ironically, Weidman was there, but he wasn't the one that broke his leg. It was Anderson Silva at UFC 168. So it's disappointing that he has to go through that because now he has to recover before he can, you know, get back into the the octagon. But um, But you, you know, he breaks his leg he's got to wait till he recovers and gets that taken care of so um but that happened the first round of the fight like the first you know 15 or 20 seconds can't remember but, but that made it interesting but uh number two if you're looking for a good action film godzilla versus kong is it's amazing and it's not one of those films where it's all talk for a long time or it's not talk for a long time and then at the end that's where the action is it's talking action talking like you can you're it, it keeps you interested the entire time or all the way through so um if you want to know what's going on you have to watch the films that precede it but if you don't want to then it's still a good action film to see and it solves the debate of who would win in a fight, Godzilla or Kong. So I'm not going to do any spoilers. And number three, if you are into coffee as much as I am, then I'm pretty sure you have tried cold brew. And if you know anything about cold brew, it takes about 24 hours in the fridge in a certain process to make. But there is a device called the Dorothy Cold Brew Coffee Maker. And it makes cold brew in 15 minutes as little as 15 minutes and if you want the brew to be stronger then the uh, longest is 25 to 30 I believe um, I'm not that much into cold brew I do like cold brew but I like regular coffee but if you are into cold brew more than I am then uh, you should definitely get this device because it, the reason it's called the Dorothy is because I believe it uses magnets or something, but um, you put there's the stand that you plug in, 
you put the carafe inside it. Then you put this little thing, which once you see it, um, the pictures, you'll know what I'm talking about. But you put another little device inside the carafe. Then once you turn it on, or you put water in first. Then once you turn it on, it spins the water and it looks like a tornado. And that's why it's called the Dorothy because it's a Wizard of Oz reference. And then you put the coffee in, let it spin for 15, 20, 25 minutes, and then you have your cold brew. Um, it only makes two cups, so it's not ideal for like a party of eight or something like if everyone's wanting coffee. And since it only serves two, then the other person has to wait like another 15 minutes. But, but other than that, it's a good product to have and you should own it if you're into cold brew. But, uh, but we'll be right back with the news after these messages. Welcome to Things Jesus Never Said. This is your best life now. Live your dreams. Unleash your full potential. Buy material goods and make yourself happy. Number two. Peter, do you love me? You know I do, Lord. Then share that Facebook post. Number three. If I didn't specifically speak against something, even though it had been specifically spoken against everywhere else in the Bible, then it must mean I'm okay with it, and you can feel free to use that as an argument to live a sinful lifestyle. That is the end of Things Jesus Never Said. Alrighty, welcome back, and we are going to jump into the news of the day. So, number one, this one was actually a Facebook post by the Facebook page 60 Second Docs Animal Style, and there was a man or a gentleman inside of this page that lost some family members and friends within, I believe, two weeks, lost friends and family, uh, they died, which I am not commenting on because that's tragic um but then he got the idea of getting an emotional support animal which again that's not going to talk on that because that's fine as well but here's where we have a problem he says he got an emotional support animal named wally the emotional support alligator wally the emotional support alligator and then he says, quote, for some reason, he does not kill anything. It's one thing if it's a dog. That's what they're well known for, for being emotional support animals. And I, I've seen them at Walmart and Target everything, which is fine. Although there, there needs to be a discussion about which type of dogs can be emotional support animals or dogs. So... I'm not an animal hater. I'm not an animal lover, but I'm not an animal hater either. So I'm right in between where I tolerate. <laughs> I tolerate animals. And I'm, in fact, I'm getting one next year, a uh, 
Manchester Schnauzer. But when it comes to emotional support animals, there's got to be a fine line. And I think this can be the first one that we need to discuss, which is alligators. When you see the video, it looks like as if any second it could snap, both literally and in the mind, mentally. And there, there's definitely got to be a fine line to which what animals can be emotional support animals because if we don't if if we don't discuss this it's going to be the alligator then they're going to move it up a little more um you know the tiger a bear and you might say that's that's crazy but watch my words it's it's going to get to that point i believe eventually if i'm wrong i'm wrong but we definitely need a jawline but uh anyways news article Number two, Texas Democrat attacks trans bill, claims there are six sexes. Mother of girl athlete fires back. We must put facts before feelings. This is written by Hank Berrien, April 26, 2021. Quote, last week, a Texas Democratic state legislator testifying against a bill that would bar transgender athletes from participating in sports at the K-12 level insisted there are six biological sexes. Claims, he claims there are six biological sexes. Now, before I continue, we're going to get a little deep theologically. Here's what the Bible says. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. What does that mean? There's only two biological sexes. There's only two. There's not any less or any more. Just two. So, I know I know that was a little deep, but it had to be said. So, let's continue. Democrat James Tallarico questioning Republican State Representative Cole Hefner, who sponsored House Bill 4042, stated, The bill seems to think there are two. The one thing I want us to all be aware of is that modern science obviously, look what he says, obviously, recognizes that there are two, there are many more than two biological sexes. In fact, there are six, which honestly, Representative Hefner surprised me too, because I'm not well versed in this area, issue area. I'm not a scientist. I'm a politician, a lot worse than a scientist. Now, As a Christian, I don't promote hate towards anybody practicing whatever lifestyle. So, because none of the people on this earth are my enemy and I don't hate any of them. Uh, whatever lifestyle they practice. And so, I'm not, I'm not going to promote that on here either. We're supposed to... Um, and I could, I don't have enough time to explain everything, but God loves the world. So we're supposed to as well. Now it doesn't mean we promote the lifestyle, but we, we're not saying get away from me either. We're, you know, we interact and we show the love of God to people. And that's how people come to Jesus because we show them love. We are there for them and show them love 
and that will cause them, I believe the Bible says the goodness of God lead us, lead sinners to repentance. So, so I'm not going to go on here and say, yeah, this is bad. I mean, uh, those people are bad. Okay, listen, I don't do that. I want to show the love of God and be a witness and plant seed. Now, but as a Christian as well, I don't have any daughters or children for that matter. But if I knew that, and let's just say I had daughters right now, I had daughters. I had daughters that worked really hard that they, for example, let's just say um, soccer, all the sports, but uh, let's just say soccer. No, let's do basketball. Basketball is better for me. If my daughter was practicing and practicing and strengthening herself and working on her skills as a basketball player, spent weeks training, this is her dream, and she wants to go forward in this, or she wants to uh, use this as a way to get a scholarship to go to college, okay? But then there's two boys who start to identify as girls and then join the team or join the opposing team for that matter, join the opposing team and have an unfair advantage because they're stronger and everything and they they lose the scholarship and lose you know those chances because someone else that's not a girl takes takes it all um listen because i know there's only two genders or two biological sexes male and female i support not I support separating the two. So girls sports, men sports. And we I can't believe at this day and age we have to say uh we need to have or what are you biologically? We're at that point where we have to say what are you biologically? And we cannot pattern our words or our thinking according to this logic uh, that they promote. For example, six different genders, misgendering, all that stuff. We can't get involved in that because all that is, and it doesn't make sense. And there's faults in that logic that when you try to talk about someone that believes in these things, they just get mad and you know they don't want to talk to you about it. But as a Christian, we don't think like this. There's only two biological sexes. And we need to recognize that and that the men and women are different. And you can't uh, you can't have a boy body and then think I'm a girl or vice versa. And if you do think like that, then you need some counseling and everything. You need to talk to somebody so you can be helped. And that I'm not saying that in a mean way. That's not an attack on if you think if you have think like that. But it's a I'm saying that so you can get help out of love, because to to have to deal with that must be really hard, and you need 
counseling and you need someone that you can trust to help you through that. But but when it comes to sports like this or these issues, we have to recognize the truth. And like I said, if I had daughters, I would definitely not want two guys who say, well, I'm a girl now or or whatever, or I, I've always been a girl and I'm, I want to join this. Um, I would not support that. And that's not, I'm not saying I'm promoting hatred towards that group or people who are transgender. I'm not saying that. But I have to stand up for my beliefs as a Christian. But that's the truth, that there's only two biological sexes. So uh, let, let me uh, finish this article so I you know, don't want to get off track here. <laughs> So, quote, prior to those comments, Tellerico attacked the bill by citing the emotional impact of the issue, asking Hefner, you know, I don't want to play got you with questions. I want to ask you a serious question. Do you, as the author, know why so many people are upset about this bill? No, I don't know that I could answer that. Hefner answered, it's hard to be a kid in school, especially if you're different. Tellerico said, I was a better, I was a school teacher before I came to this body. And when I was growing up, I was not that different. I was cisgender. Now, if uh, before I continue, if you don't know what cisgender means, which it's going to be explained right now, but cisgender literally means what you are. So if you're a boy, it means, you know, you're a boy. If you have boy parts, you're a boy, girl, you know, et cetera. Now, listen to the explanation of cisgender that he says, which, uh, quote, which means my gender identity aligned with my assigned sex at birth. Yeah. Anyway, so let's keep going. So I wasn't different in that regard. I wasn't different in a lot of regards, but school is still hard. It's still hard growing up. It's still hard in being a kid. Can you imagine being a trans kid in school and how this bill in particular might make you feel? Um, and, uh, oh, sorry. Hefner pointed out that boys and girls are biologically different and that girls could feel unsafe competing against boys. Tolerico followed by quoting a statistic that 42% of high school trans students in Texas had considered suicide, although he offered no evidence as to what had impelled such thoughts, then said which of those sound like a bigger problem to tackle with legislation. So, uh, you, I, I could keep going, but with that article, it's a little long, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. But like I said before, with, with this issue, again, whatever lifestyle someone practices, we got to show them love. So uh, this person's son obviously is going through stuff if he is fighting for his son and how he feels, which, you know, that's. His kid, obviously, is going to fight for him. But, but, although we're supposed to show love, we have to stand for truth and not align our words with, you know, uh, we can't misgender anyone. We can't do this. We can't do that. We have to speak the word as it is, even when people don't like it or people are going to, um, attack you for it, they might get mad at you and angry, but you still have to 
stand up for what truth is. I remember talking to someone um, and uh, they, this person did not say that she uses this pronoun, but they were talking about the idea of they, instead of saying he, she, or he, he, she, she, or no, it's he, him, she, her. I think that's how it is. But they talked about the concept of they, them. And so they were next to me. Uh, it was a girl talking to her friend. And I said, well, I don't think that's a good idea because they implies more than one. So in one sense, you're saying that you're more than one person. So that wouldn't be a good idea. So the point of that story is you got to stand for what truth is and not get lost in that. Because when you do, you lose your sense of reality. And then what, what's next? What's the next thing? Like I said before, um, on the show, or we talked about a person wanting to marry their child. Person wanting to marry their child. And so what? what's next? If we don't uh, stand up and say something, what's next? I honestly don't know what's next, but I know it's going to get worse. But we got to make sure we're not being scared or intimidated. We got to just stand up for what is true, what is right. And, um, but at the same time, we show love as well. We have to show love. Uh, and we can stand up for truth in a loving way in, in this regard for, you know, the, these things. Um, but anyways, let's keep going to article number three. So. The title is, D.C. Pastor Allegedly Used Coronavirus Relief Funds to Buy 39 Cars in the House, written by Ashko. Again, I might be butchering the name. Written on April 28, 2021. Now, before, before I read this, I think we have to have the discussion about how some people have problem with pastors buying nice things. Um, you may disagree with me, but... You know, this is my show, so I can say what I want. Just kidding. Although, it's true. Um, listen, pastors and ministers are allowed to buy nice things in general. We'll get into the details of what I mean. But listen, in general, if a pastor wants to buy a new car, buy a new house, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And there's some people that I can talk to that if I mention um, pastors buying a new car, a new house, and they ha I immediately have a problem with it. And that's a problem because let's, let's reverse the rules. If you're this person, but you're not, a, let's just say you buy a new car, a new house, nice things yourself, but you're not the pastor. You know, the argument could be made that why don't you give a lot more money towards the things of God or to the kingdom of God or the church? Uh, you don't need those things. Why do you need those things? Why don't you give more money to the church or um, to charity? If someone came up to you and told you that, obviously you would go, well, this is my money. I can do what I want with it. And, you know, I'll 
do what I see fit. So why can't the pastor buy nice things? It's like if the pastor comes up in a Tesla or whatever nice car, people automatically have anger towards the person. And it's like that's 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 a problem we need to stop um, encouraging or doing. We got to stop doing that because pastors are, yes, they're called to the ministry and they do have to make sacrifices sometimes, but we have to stop thinking that they can't have nice things. There's a little intro before I read the article because I'm tired of hearing people that have problems with pastors having nice things and everything because um, same thing. We don't know. Each church does finances different. And each pastor, since they do finances differently, uh, we can't judge if, you know, the, their system of finances and everything. Now, obviously, obviously, which I'm going to, I'll talk more in a second. Obviously, if you're using these funds, if a pastor's using funds that are supposed to be designated to, for example, this ministry or that ministry or, um, you know, et cetera, but then they're using it for their own personal gain, okay, that is totally different. I do not support that. If they said, you know, um, all this money is going towards buying a new building for the children's ministry, but then they use it to go on a Hawaiian vacation, okay, I, I get that. That's wrong. I condemn that. And that's that's definitely not good for the pastor to do. It's it's evil because you're telling people I'm using this money for this and then you lie to them. But apart from that, we can't we can't we gotta get that idea out of our heads because pastors go through pastors go through a lot for and what, what they're called to do and everything. And you they need all the support that they can get. They need all the support that they can get. They need to be shown appreciation by the congregation or the sheep, whatever term you want to use. They need to be shown appreciation and love and support because the call to ministry and to be a minister is a, it's a big call. Um. And they're happy to do it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. And I mean, not every pastor that's a pastor is happy doing their ministry. They should be. And they might be look there. If they're not happy, they're looking, their outlook on their calling is not good and they need to change that. But if a pastor with his own money, however he did the finances in the church and, and such, if they want to use their money to buy things, they can. They can. They just can't be lying to people and saying money's for this and then using it for something else. So I agree with that. But but I definitely support if a pastor wants to buy a new house, a new car, uh, go on a vacation. I support it definitely because they, again, they need that support to keep going and everything. But anyways, let's read this article. DC pastor allegedly, how are you read it? Sorry. Okay, quote, ADC pastor who received more than $1 million $1 million in coronavirus relief funds has been charged with federal wire fraud for falsifying documents relating to his application for the funds. 
Further, the pastor used the money to allegedly purchase 39 cars, one of which was a Tesla and a house in Baltimore. Wow. CBS Baltimore reported that Rudolph Brooks Jr. of Sheltenham, Sh- <laughs> wow. Sheltenham Ham, Maryland, may have more than 2.2 million seized as well as his 2018 Tesla Model 3. Brooks is accused of obtaining the money after the first coronavirus relief bill. The Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act was enacted in March 2020. The bill was intended to provide financial assistance to those who had lost their jobs when governors across the country shut down. Businesses that they claimed would spread COVID-19 and were not essential. The CARES Act provided up to $659 billion in forgivable loans to small businesses that were hurt by the government orders in order to pay their employees. The funds were meant to be used on essential expenses such as payroll, mortgage, interest, rent, and utilities. So, oh, let me read this last part. Uh, Brooks, who's the pastor and founder of Kingdom Tabernacle of Restoration Ministries, owns Cars Direct by Gavon... H. W. D. Bob's Motors. The affidavit alleges. I probably said that wrong, but let's keep going. That on May 9th, Brooks applies for a PPP loan on behalf of Cars Direct in the amount of one million five hundred fifty-six thousand five hundred eighty-nine. In support of this, ask Brooks allegedly submitted. Man, this article. Uh, fraudulent tax forms reporting 724,469 in payments via forms 1099 MISC and 7,471,630 in total unemployment payments to employees. Whew, that was a mouthful. CBS Baltimore reported. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there with the article, but listen. The reason I also mention this article, besides not judging pastors what they buy, um, you know, when people put articles like this, you automatically, well, for a lot of people, you want to, it develops either hatred or anger towards the pastor. Now, now again, I'm not saying that pastors should do stuff like this where the money's supposed to be for something else, but they use it for, you know, it was supposed to be for the business, but then they're using it for something else. I get that. But articles like this make certain people want to be angry towards the ministry and pastors and everything. Now, you might be one of those people that are angry at this person. But listen, everyone or I'm sorry, no one is perfect. You, some people act like if a pastor does it, it's way worse than when another Christian does it. And it doesn't matter if it's a pastor or a Christian that, you know, just a everyday Christian that does stuff like this. It's bad in both senses, but but they some people act like, man, this is so bad. The ministry is horrible. Uh, pastors or this, this, that. But listen, pastors make mistakes as well. Pastors do are not perfect either. And 
but we got to get the idea out of our heads that when we see this, that we want to hate the guy, whatever pastor it is, we got to hate him. Oh, he needs to get out of the ministry, yada, yada, yada. Because this is what the Bible says, Galatians 6.1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, what does overtaken mean? It means caught in a fault. You which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Listen, this guy was caught. He didn't lose his Christianity or his relationship with God after this, but he got caught in a fault. Now listen, it says you which are spiritual. When we don't want to restore people for making mistakes, we're acting carnal. We like that when we're carnal, it means or when we're pointing the finger at people and saying, yeah, you did this. Now you need we need to get a new leader. Yada, yada, yada. That's not spiritual. That's carnal. Spiritual people, spiritual Christians will want to restore people who are caught in faults who are caught in things like this, so to speak. When people are caught, our, our Christians or even pastors get caught in stuff like this, we want to make sure that we give them an area or support so that they can repent and say sorry for what they've done and get back in. The idea of they need to be cast out, you know, it's that that's not how it works. Now, I'm not we to talk about every single subject within this, it would take too long, but I'm just saying in general. But we have to restore people like this pastor in the spirit of meekness. Now, why? This is the important thing. Why? Because considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. When we point the finger, we got to realize that one day we're going to be in that hot seat. Not saying, uh, oh, um, I'm not saying go ahead and get taken in a fault on purpose, but no one's perfect. And when it's your turn to be in the hot seat, then you're going to want the same treatment of, please, I, I need help. I'm sorry for what I did. I, I want help. I don't want you to cast me out. Like you want that support as well. So, you know, reading stuff like this, remember that not just this pastor, but anyone, any pastor, or any other Christian, um, when they get t caught up in a fault, caught in a fault, be ready to restore them back. Be ready to show them some love and support so that they can come back. Because again, if it, you're in the hot seat and people are saying, yeah, I don't like you and yeah, I get out of here, yada, yada, yada that's not going to feel good and it'll, it'll hurt you. But you don't want to do the same thing to the other person. So uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, the Bible says so. Um, but that's it for the news today. We will see you tomorrow, Saturday. God bless you. And have a, a fun Friday. Happy Friday. And uh, God bless you.